Friends, you are loved with an everlasting love by an everlasting God, and you are one in whom God delights. And he demonstrates his love for you in that while you were still sinning and far away from him and could not do anything, he died for you. May that truth resonate into your bones. And may it shape your coming and going and may it give shape to how you interact in this world. This morning we have the task to look at the practice of Sabbath. About the gift of Sabbath that God commands us to do, to practice a a regular aspect of rest in our week. That we have a regular rhythm of Sabbath. Shigematsu in his chapter on Sabbath begins by saying these words. According to scripture, anything we turn to for our primary source of meaning and validation apart from God is an idol. One of the most commonly worshipped idols today is work. Yet God has long had an alternative, a means of setting us free from the God of work. And this is not to say, and he'll go on to explain this, but it's not to say that work is unimportant, that it's unnecessary, that it's not good for us. In fact, it's actually just the opposite. It's very necessary. It's very good. And we are to work with all that we are to do it with as much excellence as we can. But Sabbath reminds us that we are more than the sum of our work. Sabbath reminds us that we are more than just what we produce and what we can perform on the job site. And I hope that after our conversation this morning that you and I would be encouraged to begin or to, in, and to continue to practice a regular practice of Sabbath, a Sabbath rest every week. A day when you would cease to do productive work. A day where you would cease checking your work email or listening to voicemails or returning calls or you would not plan out your rest of your week where you would cease to do that. You would set aside one day out of seven for rest. One day out of seven. And we need this. Our souls need this. Each of us, no matter what your faith story is like, no matter what your life with God is like, you need this. We need to experience and we need to observe and honor the Sabbath because it's needed in our life, in our culture. The Sabbath is the fourth of the Ten Commandments. It's recorded in both the book, book of Exodus and the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to read Deuteronomy's version of the Ten Commandments, of the commandment for Sabbath in Deuteronomy 5, verses 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox or donkey, nor your, any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. This morning I'm going to highlight what I think are four reasons that we are to observe and honor Sabbath and a Sabbath rest. And just being completely 
authentic with you as I was preparing this stuff. I was telling myself, Brian, you should listen this Sunday because this is good for you to hear. That's usually every Sunday, but in particular here, I needed this just as much. But the first reason why we need to observe Sabbath is simple. God commanded it. God commands us to rest, to have Sabbath. If you remember the story of the Exodus where the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt and they were uh, burdened with this oppressive regime where they were forced to work without rest, without any ceasing, they had to work even more, even more, and they had to work with, and make more bricks. And they had to continue to do all these various things that they were under this oppressive regime that they had to work nonstop. For generations, they stayed under this oppressive regime. And Pharaoh was a brutal taskmaster demanding that people work and work harder and work faster and work more and produce more and amass more wealth and build bigger barns and build bigger things so they can continue to do these things. It wasn't just because Pharaoh was trying to make a name for himself, although I'm sure that's part of it. But it was also how Pharaoh and other people in the ancient world would appease their gods. Because the gods of Egypt and the Assyrians and the other neighboring countries, one of the ways in which they appeased their gods was by showing how much they could give to their gods. They would produce more things to their gods. One of the ways in which they would retain a good relationship or a right relationship with these gods was to, to give them more things and to produce more things for their gods and just to kind of appease them, to get them off their back. One of the ways they showed their devotion was by working tirelessly. So the more you worked, the more you made, the more you gave to your gods, the better that you were, better standing you had with their gods. And they were kind of get off, their, off of your back and they would bless you and they do these other things for you. And then it was this kind of system of produce more and to give more and to make a name for yourself and to continue to work non or nonstop, tirelessly, work, 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 that the Israelites lived for generations. They lived with that. And it's to that system that the one true living God, Yahweh himself, shows up in a burning bush on some mountainside to Moses and he hears the cry of his people, the oppressed, of how they have been enslaved and how they've been forced to labor and to work all the time. And he liberates them from slavery and he declares once and for all that God himself, Yahweh, is unlike any other gods. That God is unlike any other gods. That that right standing with Yahweh is not based on greater production and giving more and work harder and prove your worth and do all this. But right relationship with Yahweh is based on relationship. It's based on friendship. It's based on connectivity. Walter Brueggemann, who's a theologian, is actually quoted in Shigematsu's book, but in his book, Sabbath as Resistance, he says this. The Sabbath rest of God is the acknowledgement that God and God's people in the world are not commodities to be dispatched for endless production. Rather, they are subjects situated in an economy of neighborliness. It's a big word for friendship, connection. See, in commanding the Sabbath, the living one true God is declaring once and for all, your life, your life with me is not based on your production your life with me is based on relationship you don't have to prove and work hard to earn good right standing with me you just need to rest in my relationship you don't need to prove how you can do better and gain more things so that you can get me off your back you need to rest in my everlasting love that is deeply rooted for you you need to learn to rest 
So the first reason why we observe the Sabbath and honor the Sabbath to keep it holy, the first reason is because God commanded it. And He's declaring He is different than any other gods around, any gods of our culture that demand we just work to produce more and produce more and produce more. But the second reason in which we are to keep the Sabbath holy is because our bodies and our minds need it. Our bodies and our minds need it. There have been studies that have begun to show or at least suggest to show that working tirelessly without a regular Sabbath rest will put you and your physical body at risk for organ failure, insomnia, hormonal imbalance, irritability. And for those of us that have little kids in our house or young kids in our house, and for those of you who can remember having kids in your house, you know this all too well. You know that nights when the kids don't get a good night rest or good night sleep, well, those lead to days where everyone's just happy that everyone makes it through alive, right? You're just like, good, we made it through. But the paradox is true. The, this paradox is true. We, we think we have to work really hard and, and continue to do these things and just work tirelessly seven days a week, just continue to go and prepare and all that stuff. But when you operate from a place of rest, when you operate from a place of rest first, your productivity, your, your excellence, your ability to get things done actually increases instead of decreasing. There are schools in our country actually right now that are experimenting with this. They're experimenting with giving children less homework. And sometimes over the weekend, no homework at all over the weekend. Now, they're not calling it a Sabbath, right? But they're just saying we're not going to give any more homework. They're not requiring any homework to be done over the weekend. You know what they're finding? While all the demands for their test scores and, and grades and all the achievements and all the stuff that they're, they're, that's kind of standards are putting over top of them, what they're finding is in these schools where they're beginning to allow children and even teachers rest a Sabbath where you don't have to grade papers that day. You don't have to have more homework on that day. When they're giving their, their people that rest, what they're finding is that the test scores and the, the stuff that they have to mark their benches or benchmarks and all that stuff they have to do, they're at least staying as equal to what they were doing before. And in many cases, the scores and the, the things go up because you're operating from a place of rest, from a place of rest. I want to go to that school. You know, I want my kids to go to that school. And I realize that many of us leave lead busy lives. I, I realize that we have tons of demands on our time. We're running from one place to the next, and we have all these various uh, things that we have to try and accomplish and try and do. But Shigematsu points out, and I think rightly so in his book, that many of us are busier than we actually really need to be. We're busier than we need to be because some of us feel a need to be busy because we've equated busyness with success. We've equated busyness with success we just should just admit that when someone tells us how how are things going what's going on and we say oh man we're really busy there's a part of us that kind of likes that because it, somehow if i tell you how busy i am and i got all these things on my plate and i got to try and do this and this and this and that shows you how important i am when i'm in a lunch meeting with you or i'm meeting with you coffee and my phone is just being you know ringing off the hook and i got all these emails to respond to and all this stuff there's something in me that likes it because i've equated busyness with success. We should just admit that. Just admit it. But our bodies and our minds and our souls need rest. Need rest. 
And God commands us to observe the Sabbath, to honor one day in seven where we don't do productive work, where we just delight in who God is and our life with Him, our relationship with Him. Which leads me to the third reason why I think it's important for us to observe and honor the Sabbath, and that is it's a way for us to learn to live by faith. It's a way for us to exercise the muscle of faith and trusting in God, that trusting the goodness and the provision of God to watch, watch over us, that He would be taking good care of us. As apprentices to Jesus, we are to learn to trust in His ways, that His ways actually lead us to abundant and eternal life, that it's His way that will lead us to a life that is having a soul that is flourishing and strong and healthy. And Jesus taught us often to live with a sense of God's provision for us, that God will take care of us, that you don't need to manufacture everything on our own, that you can rest in the gift that God is giving to you. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And again, the point here is that Jesus is not saying, Be lazy and don't do anything. Quite the contrary. He's saying, You can work and you can do all these things, but realize that you don't have to do things to manufacture it. God deeply cares for you. And He will provide for you. So observing a regular Sabbath day reminds us of this very simple but profound truth that we have been given this beautiful gift. And we resist the narrative that says we, that elevates busyness, that says we're worth something and our success is only there if we're running crazy and we're busy and our work is going off the hook and we become a workaholic and that's just the way which we show our devotion and how well we can do things. But we push against that and we push and we rest into the goodness of the gift of God that provide for us all that we need. And we live content with that. In Sabbath... We celebrate the gift of God's provision for us and we learn to exercise the muscle of faith and of trust in what God can do for us. Jesus' words I said earlier are ring true here as well. What good would it be for you to gain the whole world and yet forfeit your soul in the process? Trust in God's provision for you. Trust in God's goodness over you we observe the sabbath because god commanded us to we observe it because our bodies our minds need it need the rest and it strengthens our faith and our trust and the receiving life as a gift but the fourth thing i want to say is that the sabbath is for everybody the sabbath is for everybody remember and notice in the deuteronomy passage that the sabbath the commandment is given to everybody given to the people, and, but also to their children, and to their servants, even to their animals, and even the foreigners that were living in their land. He says they were to give rest as well. It's for everybody. And here's the point. Sabbath is not just for those who kind of live in luxury and have a job that can afford you to take a day like that. Sabbath isn't just a day where it's like, well, it was nice for you, but for those of us that are over here, we've got to take all this. Sabbath is rest for each of us. To honor the Sabbath is a command for all of us. Because it reminds us that we have a new identity. That because of Christ and because of our life and relationship with Jesus and with, with God, is, our life is no longer defined by, by our ability to produce and to amass amounts of wealth or amounts, amounts of, of production, production and productivity and everything else. But our value has been already established in who we are in God. That our identity is not rooted in what we do, 
And we are not, our value are, is not simply uh, the sum of our production or of what we do, but is established in the truth of who we are because of Jesus. That we are God's beloved sons and daughters. So we can learn to rest in that. And this gift of Sabbath is a gift that's given to everybody. Young, old, somewhere between. And some of us might be saying, well, yeah, Brian, that's, that's all well and good, but that's like Old Testament stuff. That's like Old Testament stuff. That, those are all those laws back then, and now we're in the New Testament. Jesus has come. We don't have to follow those old laws anymore. Those are all old, antiquated, ancient stuff that we don't have to deal with anymore. Can I remind you of two quick things? First, let me remind you that in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. To give them the full meaning, in other words. To demonstrate how to have this kind of way in your, expressed in your whole life, in other words. I'm not getting rid of it, but I'm showing you how to fulfill it. And let me also remind you that Jesus regularly got away from the crowds and from the demands of his culture with his disciples, and he practiced a rhythm of rest all the time. In fact, we're told it's precisely at the time when the crowds were pressing in and demanding more of him, and his schedule was getting more packed, and more were to be done, and there were more healings that had to be done, more people that needed to be taught, more people had to be reached for the name of Jesus. There was precisely in those times when this schedule was getting more packed that Jesus looked at his disciples and said, it's time to get away. And pull away from the demands and the constant barrage of people coming up to him. It was precisely in those moments where his schedule was getting more and more full because he knew the temptation, not only in himself, but in his disciples, to think that his worth or their worth is what they could do for people rather than who they were in God. And so right in the middle of the busyness of their season, Jesus calls them out and says, come away with me and get rest for your souls. Get rest. So we honor the Sabbath. One day where we don't do productive work or we're making lists of things, we're checking things off. One day where we simply rest in God's goodness and His provision for us and we learn to trust in what, who, what He is and who He says He is. But the question still remains for us, how do you do that, Right? It's one thing to say this is why, but how do you do it? And in Jesus' day, there's all sorts of legalistic approaches, hundreds of little itty-bitty laws where, could you do this? Is this work? Could I push my chair into the table, or does that work? How much kind of work can I do? And all this various kind of legalistic approaches, and there's nothing in me that wants to bear us down with legalistic approaches, and there's actually nothing in Jesus' teaching that wants us to kind of just burden us with more legalistic approaches to even Sabbath. Observing Sabbath isn't a way for us to prove our holiness. And wow, look at how much I didn't do today. Look how I must be really devout by you. And, and you're, not, you're not anywhere near as I am because I'm better than you. It's not like that at all. Observing Sabbath is in order to re- reconnect the deepest part of our souls with God Himself. To push aside from the constant message to perform and produce and connect our souls to God. Shigematsu offers these three practical filters that are really great i think when you're thinking about honoring sabbath we should engage with things that help us to delight in god delight in life and delight in others it makes it more than just a day off where you just veg out and and you know binge watch on netflix it do stuff that restores your soul we engage in things that help us delight in god's gift to us 
where our minds are drawn to who God is and His provision and His goodness and His grace in our life. We learn to delight in God. And then we learn to do things that fill our life up, to fill our souls up. Things that we can delight in our life and things that we can learn to connect with others as well. I think Mark Buchanan's words that are written in uh, Shigematsu's book are really capture, capture this really well for us. He says this, A Sabbath is a day to cease from what is necessary and embrace what, give life, what gives life. To lay hold of whatever you've put off, pushed away through lack of time, lack of room, lack of breath. It's a day to shuck off the have-tos and lay hold of the get-tos. Practically, we have to intend to have a day where we're putting aside the have-tos and taking up the get-tos, the things that fill us, fill our souls. But you have to decide in advance, because if you don't decide in advance what you're going to do or what you're not going to do, your life is just going to, that day is just going to spiral out of control and you'll end up doing what you have to rather than what you get to. So you have to plan it. Be intentional. Sabbath is for something that, things that awaken our souls and our hearts to God's goodness. It might start a day with quiet meditation on Scripture where you don't check your phone right away, where you have your phone in a different room or in a drawer in your, in your, in your dresser drawer or something else, where you don't check that right away, where you just start your day with quiet meditation on Scripture or you begin to remind yourself over what God has done and who God is. You may take a walk around your neighborhood or out on your yard or in the fields or maybe sit out in your woods or take a bike ride or on the path. You might engage with a, a good dinner with friends and sit down and engage with great conversation where your smartphones are shoved off and you're not looking at your screens all the time, but you're delighting in other people and you're connecting with them. You might listen to really good music and, and let the music wash over your soul. Maybe paint or do some other kind of artistic expression, something that fills you up. You may spend time watching nature and listening to the birds awaken the spring come around. And you may watch all, the very, all of nature come around you and, and just take it all in, soak it all in. Or you might find yourself sipping on a medium roast pour-over coffee. I might suggest that one. That fills you up. That fills your soul. Embrace something different than your normal work. That's the point. Something different than your normal to-do list. Something different than your checklist. Embrace something that allows your heart to be reminded and to delight in who God is. And the gift of the life He's given you. And delight in others around you. And each of us are going to be different there, so our Sabbath days are going to look a little different, so you can experiment with some of those things. But here's the litmus test for you. At the end of those practices, at the end of those things, were these things certain things that connected me to God? Were these things a way in which my, uh, my mind was more alert to God? Or was I de- emotionally drained and depleted after my Sabbath day? Was I emotionally drained? I may have taken a walk someplace or ridden my bike or have gone someplace and I might be physically tired, but emotionally and and mentally I'm filled up. Or you could sit and you can watch and veg out and watch, binge watch Netflix and while physically you may be fine, but emotionally you're just drained. Find something that fills your soul, connects you to God, to the gift of life and where you can delight with others. Well, I want to pray 
a prayer that Shigematsu writes at the end of his book. We're going to use this prayer to just remind us of the gift of Sabbath, to lead us into that, and then Pastor Jason and the team will lead us in our songs and the response to our songs. I'm going to have the, the prayer up on the screens, and I just want you to read along with me. Just in your heart, just read these words as I pray these words, and then Jason and the team will lead us in our time. God of rest, I'm so busy. The demands of life are piled high. My schedule is a tyrant. Help me catch my breath and enter the gift of your Sabbath once more. Free me to enjoy the goodness of your favor and this life. Forgive me for all the ways I try to justify myself by my accomplishments. Help me to rest every day in your grace. Amen.